text this morning and I can, I believe, righteously make a connection between the two. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, and Acts 11, 19 through 30. We have been studying the book of Acts, but there is a connection, as well as many more scriptures I could cite in the Old Testament. Let me first read from Isaiah 43. But thou thus says the Lord, he who created you. O Jacob, he who formed you. O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you end through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt as your ransom, Gush and Sheba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Now, if you would please turn to Acts 11. begin reading at verse 19, and we'll only read down through verse 36 this morning. Acts eleven nineteen. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And the great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with church and taught great many people, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Let us pray. Father, we pray this morning that you may help us to see connections between what happened and what was prophesied in the Old Testament to what happened and is still happening in your church today. We all are a fulfillment of your prophecy. Let the fire of your light not die in our hearts. 
but let us be revived and refreshed with the fire of your spirit that we may be bold to share your word. It is for the glory of your Son, our Savior, we pray. Amen. I'm going to take a great bit, well, for modern, you used to talk about these big paintbrushes to paint a broad picture. Metaphorically, I'm going to say, I'm going to use a spray gun with a wide setting, and we're going to paint big, wide swaths of prophecy connecting the Old Testament with new. And there are links here, just to let you know what's going on with my crazy mind. We very often need to think infinitely, eternally, cosmically, and globally when we look at Scripture. Too many times when we're having problems in this world, we'll go to the Word of God, trying to find some help and some wisdom to help us with this one problem. But that's kind of... God's Word will help us that way sometimes, but that's kind of an ingrown need. We're supposed to be expressing our love for the lost outwardly. We're supposed to be expressing the glory of the Lord outwardly. And that's what Scripture most often helps us do. We need to think infinitely, eternally, cosmically, and globally. And we think we'd understand what the word infinite means. I looked it up. What does infinite mean? The first answer from Webster's Dictionary quality of being infinite. That doesn't help much. Unlimited extent of time, space, quantity. Boundlessness. God is described as being infinite in his being. That's reaffirmed in our confessions. He is boundless, without measure, without limit. It could be said the only thing that limits God is his own will and righteousness, for he will never go against his word. He will never break his promise. Because God is infinite and eternal, he created time. He created the cosmos. Everything that we see, the world, the universe, God is eternal. He is the creator. He lives in the house of forever. We talk about eternity. He does not have time. He is without limit in every aspect of it. In fact, he fills infinity. And that's just kind of hard to understand when we think about that. It, our minds just hurt because we cannot grasp it. God is also sovereign. While he is outside of time, we live within time. It is within his creation. We have been placed within limits. We understand time as a sequence of events. We very often think in chronological order. When, when a crime is committed and... The investigators try and find out how it happened and what happened. They try and set up a chronological timeline in order to determine what that, and very often we look at history that way. First this happened, and because of that this happened, and because of that this next thing happened. 
We know what has passed. We know what's going on now. We're not real sure about the future. What's going to, we kind of guess, or we can sometimes figure out that this might happen, but if something changes, we don't know. And we certainly can't see very far into the future. God has the ability to see all of the past, the present, and the future in one glance. When he looks at time, he sees the beginning and the end. Isaiah 48, 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. And there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my good pleasure. That's why when you read the prophets of the Old Testament, their poetic words discussed things that were happening to them then. At the same time, they pointed to what would happen in the future. And they were dead accurate every single time. This morning, we're going to talk about God's judgment, God's justice, and grace abundant. And we need to begin in the Old Testament. And then we'll look at some in the New Testament. Israel was given a mission from God. Israel failed that mission. Israel was judged for their failure. And it brought justice for God. Some basic points I want to bring out, but we'll try and move quickly. The mission of Israel, Genesis, some of this is old review for most of you, but Bear with me as we bring it together. Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. The Lord gave Abraham this call. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make, you a name, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and you shall be you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was the beginning of the nation of Israel, Father Abraham. And the blessing that God made to him has borne fruit ever since. I will curse him who curses you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Ultimately, if we stayed right here, we can bring all of that out in Christ Jesus himself. But there's more and we don't have time. Ultimately, all the families of the earth shall participate. All of those who have, and this is representative, it's not universal. From all the families in the world... shall God's blessing be seen. God calls only those who are to be saved. Some, the call is universal. Some respond well, others do not. But from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation, 
people are brought to the glory of God, to salvation, and to an understanding of their need for salvation. Isaiah chapter 2, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. In the latter days, this mountain of the house of the Lord is a metaphorical speech is metaphorical speech from the Old Testament prophet describing how every tongue, every tribe and nation is going to come to the Lord to give him glory, to give him praise, to give him worship. In Zechariah chapter 8 also, Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts in those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is prophetic, and I believe this one is specific, speaking specifically of the prophecy that is being fulfilled around the time of the church that we're studying in Acts. Every Gentile that came to be saved during that time was following the teaching of a Hebrew. Mission of Israel was to bless the nations of this world by being a channel for God's grace and God's blessing and God's redemption. There was also not only a mission but a purpose and they are slightly different however related. Their purpose was to worship the Lord. After Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt Moses led them to Mount Sinai and he went up on the mountain to come before the Lord in Exodus chapter 34, Scripture tells us, The Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. You come before a holy and righteous God who displays his mercy and grace yet promises to judge all sin. You can do nothing but fall down and worship. Micah 4.2 also says, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that, we, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The mission of Israel, blessing for the world through the message of God, the purpose of Israel is to worship. Him. The mission of the church is exactly the same. 
blessing for the world through the message of God that our purpose is to worship him. However, when we look back at Israel and we look back at the stories we read in the Old Testament, we look back at the record of her history, Israel failed. I don't need to go into great detail. You remember the stories about how they became idol worshipers, how they compromised with intermingling with other nations and, and accepting their idols and their practices, their corruption. While the nation of Israel received every grace and blessing from God that they turned away from him. And so judgment came upon Israel. Remember, these are big, wide swaths of color that I'm painting here. Isaiah 42. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, and deaf as my messenger, whom I send? The Lord here is talking through the prophet, talking about his people, Israel. They have become deaf and blind to his message. They could not see his words or hear him. Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. He hears... His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. But this people plundered. This is a people plundered and looted. They are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They became plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say restore. Who among you will give ear to this will attend and listen for a time to come who gave to Jacob the looter who gave up Jacob to the looter and Israel to the plunderer was it not the lord against whom we have sinned and whose ways they have they would have they would not walk or whose law they would not obey so he poured out on him the heat of his anger and the might of battle it set on fire all around him but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take heart. Terrible words from the prophet Isaiah talking about God's judgment and God's chastisement upon the people of Israel. They have become deaf and blind to the Lord. So he raised up nations against them, Assyria, attacked and spoiled the whole northern tribes of Israel. Babylon attacked and ruined Judah and Benjamin and Jerusalem. Total destruction. These created beings who had been blessed by his grace and favor and provision and protection considered the Lord God Almighty to be cumbersome, inconvenient, and a bother. They refused to follow they refused to obey. And God judged them. And that brought justice for God. He was righteous to do so. 
However, and this is a great big however, there is a great and beautiful purpose, even in God's judgment. Everyone loves Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. That is exactly what is going on here. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and my sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. Whether you want to interpret this Old Testament, this happened in the Old Testament. This is figurative speech, poetic language, but it happened to the church. You know, I always like to call Israel the church because they were called out ones. And that's what the church means. The Old Testament church were punished. Whether you want to call the the shepherd of the church the king, or whether you want to call the shepherd of the church the city of Jerusalem, or wherever they worshipped, and that day God struck the shepherd and all the people were scattered. They were taken back into captivity, taken into captivity in Assyria, taken into captivity from Babylon, and all the tribes of Israel were scattered over the known world. The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. In exile, the people in bondage again made some effort for repentance. There was some expression to cling to the Lord. It was during that age, those few centuries between the Old Testament and the New Testament, where Israel established the practice of developing synagogues. Ten Jewish families would get together and they would form a synagogue, a place of worship, a place of learning, a place of teaching. That's where they kept the knowledge of the scriptures alive. That's where they kept the the traditions alive in each synagogue, in each little community all over the world. And at that time, they also kept the integrity of the scriptures for every synagogue had a copy of the law and the prophets. But they were no longer in Israel. They were no longer in Jerusalem. The mission and purpose of Israel failed. The judgment of God was carried out. God's justice was righteous justice. Isaiah 42, remember, we read it a moment ago. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Israel had been plundered and looted and destroyed, scattered to the winds. God's justice was righteous, but there was a purpose. Isaiah 43, we just read words from Isaiah 42, God's judgment. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, 
and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east. Listen carefully. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. How is this possible? There is a purpose behind all of this. That God had scattered his people in judgment to the four corners of the known world. Let's fast forward to the days of Jesus, the Son of God. His ministry is complete on the night of the Last Supper, on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Lord shares these words with his disciples. And he's quoting Zechariah. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, you are all familiar with the events of that night. When the Lord was arrested, everyone panicked and ran away. Yeah, they were scattered. But was that the ultimate fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy about striking the shepherd and his people are scattered? Let's move a little more quickly. Fifty days later, all of the faithful Jews returned from the regions from all the known world where they had been scattered four centuries earlier. All the known world, the faithful Jews came to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. From preaching of the word, they all became empowered by the Holy Spirit. And returned, spreading the gospel. Again, scattered with the truth and light of the truth of Scripture. Let's look at our text in Acts 11, verse 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. If you remember our study in Acts, after Pentecost, many of those people were wanting to hang out in Jerusalem. This is wonderful. Let's stay close to this warm fire, this wonderful fellowship. And then within a year, Stephen was martyred for his faithful preaching. They stoned him to death and everybody said, it's time to go home. Because of the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And the great number who believed turned to the Lord. 
the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people who were added to the Lord were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For the whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. In our study of the book of Acts, this is, this is the end of the transition period from just the gospel and the Jews and the gospel and the rest of the world. If you're making connections, when Barnabas went to Cyrene to get... To, to, excuse me, to Tarsus to look for Saul. Saul became Paul, the evangelist to the Gentiles. This is a transition, complete fulfillment of the prophecy that the Old Testament prophets foretold. Because God's people were scattered, the gospel seeds had been planted and shared with the whole world. That is the mission of the church, to share the light of God's truth. The purpose of the church is to bring all of those who receive him as their Savior in to worship and glorify God together. We see the judgment of God upon an unrighteous people in the Old Testament, and that was justice. And we see in God's judgment upon them, his just and righteous judgment upon them, seeds planted for abundant grace to the whole world. We look at the New Testament and we see the message of Christ, the Son of God, coming as our Savior. And upon his back, upon his body, our judgment is laid. And God's need for justice is satisfied because in him, the perfect, sinless Son of God removes the sin of those who would come to him. Do you know him? Have you received him as your Savior? Has he taken your sins away upon himself? Has he dressed you in his righteousness? That is what all of this is about. In this gift of salvation that we find in Jesus Christ, that it was foreshadowed in the Old Testament, we see a fulfillment in his life and the resurrection and the record of his resurrection and victory over the grave. We receive grace abundant, and we are meant to share it. We are meant to share it. If we keep it to ourselves, it's all ingrown, it's all narrow-minded. We need to be sharing it. Judgment, justice, we are to be living in abundant grace because for those who believe, all of the judgment is done, 
all the justice is settled. We live in freedom. We live in righteousness. We live in the love of the Lord Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this day for your word and its truth and its power. And we ask this morning that you might help us. Help us make connections. Not to look too narrowly at specific verses. Help us to get the broad picture. That we may understand how we fit where we belong. What is our mission and our purpose? Help us to see our Lord Jesus as we follow him. Amen.